Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I'm your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is a rather remarkable artist named Sarah Felix. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are like my happy place on Facebook. Every time I see that you've posted something, it's always a delight. <laughs> Sarah is uh, has been Hugo nominated for something that grew out of... Um, uh... <laughs> well, for, for fan art. This is, yeah, this, this is, is a fan art for, thing. No, this isn't just for tiaras. This is for other, other art projects. Uh-huh. What? What was it exactly you were nominated for? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's for my most of my fan art, but um, the tiaras are a big part of it. Um, I do a lot of fanzine covers for small fanzines. Um, I also have designed uh, logos like for the Glasgow 2024 bid uh, for Worldcon. Um, so I, I kind of do a little bit of everything, but just kind of in the fan um, area. Including the the Hugo pedestals, I think. Yes, yes, I've de- I've designed two uh, Hugo award bases, and also the newer award, the uh, Lodestar, which is the Young Adult Award. I've done two of those as well. And we've got people we're rooting for for that one too. <laughs> yeah. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. Yeah, pretty much at this point this year, <laughs> it feels like I'm everywhere. <laughs> So how long have you been, how long have, has this been a thing for you? How long have you been an artist? Did you pick it up when you were a kid or did you start when you were an adult? Oh, uh, yeah. So both of my parents are very artistic. My dad is a watercolor artist and my mom kind of dabbled in a lot of things. So I was doing art for as long as I can remember. Um, I started in convention art probably in, 2000, early 2000s. And I started getting involved in conventions and started to do more and more as I got to know more people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been showing my art since since then. It's always fun talking to people who get their start in fandom. I mean, even even uh, George R. R. Martin um, you know, Game of Thrones, yay! But he got started as a dungeon master. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing that before he was writing. Ray, Ray Bradbury did fanzines. I mean, you know, there's certainly no disgrace in it in, on the science fiction side. Uh, yeah, I started in science fiction bookstores. So there was one in Austin 
um, when I finished college called Adventures in Crime and Space. Mm -hmm. And the owner was very much into science fiction. And uh, we had the Armadillo Con. We've also run a couple of world cons and Mm -hmm. world fantasies here. And he told me I needed to check it out. And that's kind of how I got started. Good old bookstores. Yay. I didn't want to have to, you know, start start moving into the uh, the, the consolation thing, but I'll throw that out right now. Sure. Um, so, so for people listening in the far future, um, on a day of days in March of 2020, when it became apparent we aren't weren't going to get any more science fiction conventions that year, one Christopher Ambler started a topic in. In, in Facebook called Consolation, as in cancellation, only it was the con. The greatest convention you never went to. And thousands of people have signed up for that, including me. Um, and, and you're like one of the main mascots, I think, being, being the Tiara Tuesday lady. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I saw when it first started and I was probably also one of the early people to join. Um, I, I really thought it was a great um, thing to do. And so, yeah, I started posting. I, I asked one of the admins, um, hey, can I post a tiara in there? And they're like, sure. And I've been posting every week uh, since, I think, April of last year. So I've done over 50 different tiaras for Consolation and that, the people who watch it. That's really phenomenal. That is a lot of tiaras. That's a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of free stuff. I mean, you send it out to people. Yeah, so what the 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 giveaway kind of originated in the same way. I kept I posted a few weeks and people were like, "I I wish I had a tiara. I wish I had a tiara." And and so again, I went to that same admin and I said, "Hey, can I do a giveaway? <laughs> and they're like, sure. And so, so I started giving them away and, you know, they're the, the ones that I give away are, you know, from Amazon and, and I started buying them and then I started getting people to sponsor because why I, a lot of people got enjoyment out of it, but I couldn't afford to <laughs> buy a tiara every week. So uh, yeah. um, when I started asking, people started, you know, donating the tiaras as well, which was awesome. This week's is we're 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 recording on a Tuesday and and I've just seen the this week's which is just just a, a beautiful fairy ethereal thing with butterfly wings and and sort of a light sea green at least on my screen it was and yeah oh, of course I can't sign up for for the giveaway now because <laughs> we're here we're talking to you and that would be favoritism so I'm gonna have to look that up myself. And for those listening, these are not, um, you know, these are not like, they don't have the air of artsy, craftsy, homebrew things. These are works of art. These are, this is conceptual jewelry of a kind that uh, one rarely encounters. One might not wear them, you know, going out to the local coffee shop, but... <laughs> But when you're sitting at home and you need something to boost your spirit, nothing like putting on your crown before you hit the internet. <laughs> right. And and it's been really great because a lot of people are um, that follow the tiaras, they get a boost from it. And I've gotten so many compliments saying, you know, I look forward to your tiara Tuesdays every week. Uh, yeah, I look forward to the giveaways. It's been such a bright spot in my year. 
and that just makes everybody feel happy. Um, one of one of the people who I know just told me the other day there was somebody who had a a really sad story about uh, their their daughter, and they reached out to them and sent them a tiara, and that just I mean that just makes me feel so happy about this project. I, people want to buy the tiaras too, but I typically don't sell them. I, I'll, I'll make one. I'll, I'll make a, a commissioned piece for somebody. Mm-hmm. But these these ones are just all all in the craft room right here in front of me, uh, taking up a lot of space. Uh, but they're 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 just so much fun to make. And I didn't really think I'd have ideas for 50 different tiaras, but it keeps going. Every week I come up with something different. And and then they're just a lot of fun. And each one everybody. is different. I mean, it's 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 not. Uh, they're not. You don't have like rafts of them that are similar to one another. Each one is a unique concept, and yeah. they're, and they're all just gorgeous. I mean, this is this is like what an elven princess would wear in a lot of cases, you know, or or a. a a mermaid royalty, you know, things yeah. like that. It's just wonderful. Well, it's the uh, and it's and it makes people happy. I mean, automatically, this is the opposite of mourning clothing or widow's weeds. You you only wear a tiara on happy occasions, you know. Right. Well, and they, and and I I always stress that it makes you feel like a queen, and a queen doesn't have to be um, a certain <laughs> gender. It's just it makes you feel strong and powerful, and that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to show every week or you know this week it was very uh light and airy and just beautiful and so they all have kind of a different theme and a different feel to them but I it's just you know I obviously there's people who keep bringing up certain things I was a big Sailor Moon fan when I was a child uh-huh. and so they a lot of people see oh I see that Sailor Moon inf- influence or I see the influence of Lord of the Rings but yes there are so many different mediums that I've been using from resin and paper and um you know painting and just they're all different they all come from a different place and that's one of the reasons I I started doing this was the beginning of the pandemic I kind of lost my creative spark. And so I thought, okay, you know what? I just need a small project I can work on every week, just something that's really simple. And then I saw somebody posting a tiara and I said, okay, they called it Tiara Tuesday. I'm happy to do a Tiara Tuesday. And they started simple and they've just grown and evolved into what they are now. And now they're, the materials are, you know, much fancier than the, the pipe cleaners I was using at the beginning, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely changed as, as the time has gone on. And this attracted the attention of the, uh, the uh, Hugo Awards. The, the yeah. World Science Fiction Convention, and uh, and you have a nomination. I do actually. I have two nominations <laughs> this year. I've got one for um, some of the fan uh, zine work that I did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fan artist is definitely the main one for me. So, do you do c- uh, commercial art production work as well, or? I know mostly I'm just a fan artist. Mm-hmm. I um I do small projects for people, uh but a lot of my work is just with conventions and uh in the fan realm. That actually 
is kind of freeing, wouldn't you think? Uh, that you yeah. that you don't necessarily have to follow the uh, the whims of whatever commercial client you know mm. is trying to repackage the same old poop over and over. His whose who's <laughs> yes. bread I eat, his song I sing. I mean, that can be a drag. Yeah. Well, and my, so my other art that I do is mostly alcohol inks and, uh, I use resin and acrylic paint. And it's not, it's not typical, um, like illustration work. It's more of kind of an abstract space art. Uh And so it, it, it can be commercial, but mostly it's, it's more on, it's, it's kind of borders on the fine art side of science fiction art, um, in some cases. And so, that's also evolved along as well, and it's it's become a lot slicker and <laughs> um, just more put together as I've grown as an artist. Tell me about alcohol inks. I'm not familiar with that medium. Yeah, so it, it's a pig, but it's a pigment, a pigmented ink that it is one of the reasons I started it. It's kind of like the TRs. It's a very freeing uh, medium. Because what you do is you put down alcohol and then you put the ink down in there. And as the alcohol evaporates, the ink kind of moves around on the surface of the piece. And so you really can't control it. And so Mm. for somebody who's an artist who tries to control every piece of their art, you can't. (laughs) So (laughs) it it lets you go. Uh It lets you just, you know, let the art do what it wants to do. And that's what is so interesting about that medium for me. Um, I, you know, I'd also do like spin art and things like that. Things that I don't have to be so controlling about every little detail is, is really what I like to do. There's a certain amount of feedback every medium gives you, uh, as an artist. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not just doing the thing. You're doing the thing in response to whatever your medium is, it, uh, wants to do. Right. And it uh, it flows a certain way. Playing, you know, playing a musical instrument is much the same way. Uh, it, yeah. It's you speak to it, but it speaks to you as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This one, this this medium for me speaks to me. And I have small children at home, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, I needed something that wasn't so regimented. Um, and I also have changed my style of working because I don't have all the time to focus on it. So I, I, you know, you do it in kind of layers and, and that's also nice because I can spend 30 minutes to come back and spend 30 minutes and come back. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really enjoy just, just the way this style of art works. What kind of work do you do for fanzines? What's, uh, how busy are you doing that stuff? And, and what, <laughs> what are, what are the most interesting things you've done there? Um, so I did win a, um, a fan award for one of my fanzine covers this last year. Um, and I mostly do covers and art, but I also did edit a, uh, issue of Journey Planet as mm-hmm. well. And I'm actually working on right, one right now, which is based on, um, crafting during the pandemic. <laughs> we'll be talking wow. about the tiaras. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but I don't, I don't do a huge amount. I do get asked sometimes to provide art. Um, but I do a lot of work on conventions as well. So mm-hmm. that's probably the vast majority of stuff I do. So all the wonderful artwork that, uh, that people see in, a, in, you know, like this or that local convention and somebody does the artwork for the con to see, 
that gives it its own individual spirit or life in the uh, promotional yes. materials. That's the kind of stuff that you do. Yes, yeah, I like the branding side of mm-hmm. conventions a lot. Um, I was the art director for Dublin in 2019, and mm-hmm. this year, well, next year for ShyCon, I am uh, the publications head. So we've designed like the the PRs, the progress reports, and things like that. We'll see some of my style in the souvenir book. And like I said, for Glasgow in 2024, I designed their logo. And they're, they're a really fun one because, um, every holiday we come out with a new logo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like we added Santa in the back for Christmas and I drew a very horrible, uh, Chinese dragon for Lunar New Year. <laughs> um, but they're, they're so much fun. And it, 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 for me, that makes conventions exciting to see the style of them and how they relay that through their art. Do you have favorite illustrators who inspire you? Yeah, and, and my stuff looks nothing like theirs. <laughs> um, my my favorite artist is uh, Brian Froud. Yeah, mm. you know, did the Dark mm-hmm. Crystal and Labyrinth and mm-hmm. all of those beautiful, gorgeous movies. When I first started, I did a lot of 3D art. Um, and so I was always inspired. I, you know, first book I ever had was an art book. That was fairies by uh, Froud and Oh Alan yes, Lee. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous book, and I would just flip through it and look at the pictures and and just admire both of their styles. That very mm-hmm. um, watercolor um, look. I mean, Alan, of course, Alan Lee is also amazing as well. Um, and then another person I really like uh, who does acrylics is uh, John Jude Palancar. Um, he did a lot of, uh, covers in the nineties. Um, but his style is a little bit darker or he has, he has two different styles. Of course, there's like these trees and, um, they're acrylics. And then he's Mm -hmm. got this darker kind of Cthulhu, um, mythos type stuff as well. That's just really fascinating to see. I find a lot of fan artists uh, are sort of gravitate towards the the work of the Frouds because, you know, the, we all start with uh, we all start with line art, really. Yes. And, and there, yeah. that's where their stuff shines. It's uh, yeah. You know, you you strip away all the color, and it's still just it's gorgeous. And then well, they and add the color. The fun <laughs> of it too. I mean, the whole fairies in the nineties, where he had all the squashed fairy books. Oh and yeah, everything. the fairy splats. <laughs> Pressed fairies so like pressed cool. flowers in a book. <laughs> yeah, it was kind yeah. of dark and, and twisted, but it was it was hilarious, and the pictures were awesome. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are you working on now? What's what's uh, do you have any big projects coming up? Um. So I well I have um, three guest of honor spots at conventions this year. Well, this, kind of this year. Uh, Marcon is uh, Labor Day weekend, and then uh, Halloween weekend I'm going to Astronomicon, and then uh, uh, J- uh, February of next year is uh, Boscone. Ah. So, so I am I am. Furiously making art. <laughs> as much art as I can have in this house. I mean, I have pieces from the pandemic as well, but mm-hmm. I, I do need that. But I'm actually trying to also do uh, tiara displays at these conventions and mm-hmm. writing little stories about some of the different tiaras um, or, you know, even talking about the process of them. 
and and then showing them because I I do think a lot of people want to see them in person too because they are really it's different than just seeing the pictures. It is, and it's it's getting to be uh, something of a I don't know it's something of a of a landmark a a a bright point in the landscape seeing those tiaras uh, they yeah. are uh they are an unusual expression of creativity uh and in fandom it's there is a lot of um a, there is a lot of sameness to the difference if that makes any sense yes and yeah. and your tiaras step outside of that and uh and express their own kind of magic thank you thank you yeah i i and i, I i've always and not that i say that i didn't feel like i fit in but which is pretty much everybody but um my art is so different than a lot of artists i always felt like oh gosh i'm never going to be known for these things but i i've kind of found my niche i guess mm-hmm. um with with the tiaras and my my other art as well um because people definitely recognize my art when they see it because <laughs> it is different than other people's art not to say there aren't a lot of people making tiaras but i i do think um we all express it very differently so if our listeners want to see more of your work where would they go on the internet to see it oh all over the place um so i have a, a website uh sarahfelix.com uh, and then i also am on instagram which is uh my username is silly sarah sue and mm-hmm. sarah spelled with no h um i'm on deviant art I'm, I'm kind of everywhere but it's usually you can find me by just looking up silly sarah sue uh and you, i will come up i i post videos and they're kind of simple walkthroughs of the tiaras mm-hmm. on youtube as well so you know people have always asked how you make that and and so I, I don't want to, I, I don't create well, and I've learned this this week. I was laughing about this when I would post my constellation um, post. People wanted me to make these videos, and I'm just not very good at it. Uh, so this week I actually walked through where I showed how my process, um, but I do, I do just kind of talk through it every week. And and then also from constellation, I kind of started doing tiara workshops and so i've done two or three of those as well so yeah yes it's it's pretty easy to find me silly sarah sue sarah felix okay so etsy too etsy um i don't have anything on my etsy at this point i i've talked about selling some of the tiaras i just need to figure out how I'm going to display or what I'm going to display for these conventions. Like I said, I have over 50 in this room. (laughs) I don't really need to keep all 50 of them. Uh Um, But people do. This one, especially this week, I had at least five or six people asking if they could buy it. Um, But there have been some popular ones. That one, there's also one that I did with beehives and Mm -hmm. uh, that the bee pop, the bee tiara was really popular. That was cool. That was so cool. You almost have enough to do a gallery exhibition at this point, don't you? Yes, I do. I I definitely do. And obviously, I'm going to keep doing them. So, yes, I could easily do a gallery exhibition of tiaras. We have been speaking with Sarah Felix, the uh, the fan artist who is 
becoming notorious for Tiara Tuesday on Consolation 2021 on Facebook and uh, fan artist for fanzines and Everywhere. conventions. And <laughs> it's been just a delight talking with you. And we got to we got to go buy our um, Worldcon membership so we can vote, vote this up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. yes, please. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been fun. You have been listening to episode 218 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of the Event Horizon for May 29th, 2021. Our guest this evening has been Sarah Felix, 2021 Hugo-nominated fan artist and creative innovator. See more of her work at sarahfelix.com. This episode will air again on May 30th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the air times have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher and our own website at sci-fi.radio as podcasts. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio. And the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schermeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire, the navigator was Christine Cherry, and the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2021 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio, it's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.